Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Michelle. Let's do that hockey. And you know us, we don't claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. Uh, so how's it going, Michelle? Oh, it's going pretty good. I guess it could be going better. My Bulls are one and two right now, but we'll get into that later. But uh, my team, my professional team, the Colorado Avalanche, play tonight. They're doing pretty good. They're back at home. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog's been playing this 700th game. So excited about that. Really hope we take down the Ottawa Senators. So overall, pretty much all is well. How about you, Chris? It's going pretty well. It's amazing to know that Landeskog's already playing in the 700 game. Our, our listeners are going to be able to hear what we think about him and his draft class on next week's episode. But uh, yeah, I mean, things are going well about to head off to Portugal. So when you listeners are hearing this, I will probably be in Portugal. Uh, had to go through all the COVID procedures and tests and, you know, we're going from a really heavily vaccinated country to a country that's even more vaccinated than Denmark. So we're pretty happy to actually be taking like a mini vacation for the first time in a long time. And, uh, yeah, so I can't really complain about that. And the Sabres aren't the worst team in the league, so uh, we're actually, you know, winning games and losing games that are relatively close, like the heartbreaker uh, for your listeners of Sunday night, but uh, where they lost in the last .4 seconds of the game against the Rangers. But I guess that's typical Sabres fashion there. But they're not getting destroyed like they were the last couple of years, so I guess we're on the trajectory on the way up, I guess. That's definitely a possibility. I know that the Sabres acquired Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs. And I think, honestly, in a few years to come, they might be a contending team and uh, definitely got a future ahead of them. Yeah, I think we're still going to set the record for most seasons missed in the playoffs uh, this year. We'll, we'll tie it. We've already tied it, so we'll probably set the record this year. But I'm expecting Buffalo with the way they're playing right now to at least make the playoffs next year. I don't think they'll go far, but they're not getting destroyed anymore. So high hopes at this point, but yeah, that said this, uh, this episode, we're going to talk about the kind of the weekend series of games uh, out of the mountain division. And we're also going to toss the rum river mallards in there because we do talk about the mallards on this podcast. And, um, you know, kind of how things unfolded and how things went. But before we do, I'm going to do a quick pitch. Again, remember players, coaches, team owners, parents, fans, equipment managers. If you think there's a highlight we're submitting to the podcast for November's highlight episode, send us a DM at PHH Official and tell us the team, the date of the game, and the exact hockey TV video time so that we can rank it for consideration. Even if you're one of the teams we normally cover, I can't guarantee that I've seen every amazing highlight this month. Also, if you're not on Hockey TV and you're on another hockey subscriber like I think it's Black Dog and Flow Sports, uh, you can always submit where I can watch a free highlight clip so that we can consider you for, again, the top junior plays in the month in November. But that said, Michelle, let's talk about some hockey. Sounds good. So. I know that I'm newer, but I know you guys like to talk about the Rum River Mallards, who were also at the showcase this weekend with Ogden, Pueblo, and NoCo. So how did Rum River fare? How did they do a showcase? Uh, Rum River had a hot and cold weekend. In game one, they had a lone goal scorer, Easton Parnell, who actually opened up the scoring for that game. But that's where it ended for Rum River as they fell to the Bridgewater Junior Bandits. They then defeated the Lake Erie Bighorns 4-3 and then took down the Cincinnati Cyclones in similar fashion 4-3. But they fell to the Utica Junior Comets with lone goal scorer Jackson Egner tallying one late in the third. 
But I will say that final game was chock full of great plays, including a beautiful goal by Utica Ford and some sick saves by the attendees, uh, such as Palmer from Utica and Dodson from Rum River Mallards. These highlights just may make the uh, November highlights episode. Despite the lopsided score, it was actually a pretty entertaining game. And Rum River walked away from the showcase series with four of the eight potential points. I don't know much about UCA, but I know they seem to be a scrappy team based on the way that they played against the Pueblo Bulls. They seem to be a scrappy team who likes to battle back. But like you said, they make some pretty plays as well. Just overall, great hockey team. They know how to score goals and find the back of the net. And then uh, do you know anything about their goaltending? I heard it's pretty impressive, but I mean, like Bulls score, I don't know. Well, I'm, from watching the games that I do, because I don't get to see a lot of the Utica Junior Comets games, Palmer... I think it was Palmer that made just a stunning save. Uh, I want to say it was earlier in the game, probably the first period. Now, in terms of like what their statistics are, if they're hot and cold, I'm not 100% sure about that, but I can guarantee you that Palmer's save will definitely be in consideration for sure of the November highlights. I don't know if it's going to make the, the total score after the five of us uh, host and co-host review it, but we'll find out for sure. There are so many great goal scorers and just they know how to fake goaltender out of their pads. And so it's really impressive when a goaltender can just stay within themselves, not play too aggressive or too deep within their net and just find ways to stop the puck and make these incredible saves. And uh, the lateral movements of the goaltenders are always incredible to watch. So, yeah, really just very impressive. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was really impressed with the, both their plays. Like I said, it's kind of a lopsided affair. You wouldn't have been able to tell by the action on the ice that final game. But, yeah, you look at the score and you you'd think Rum River got beat up, but it really wasn't the case if you watched it. So now before I talk about my favorite team, the Pueblo Bulls, how about you about Provo, Utah, and NOCO, and your favorite team, Ogden Mustangs? Uh, Rifles were facing each other. What was Provo up to? Uh, Now Provo actually visited Las Vegas uh, to face off in a series against the Thunderbirds this weekend, and unfortunately for them, they fell in all three matches. Uh, But these were some still entertaining hockey games, including Saturday night's late night contest where they fell two to one. I could have actually woken up and watched this game at seven in the morning in Copenhagen. So I think that that game had to be late. I, I couldn't do the math right now, but that's like an 11, p, 10 or 11 p.m. start. But I didn't actually know it was on. Otherwise, I would have gotten up and watched it. But I rewatched the game and it was a close game. They fell two to one. But I will say Yuri Zhushikov scored a pretty goal late in the game to try to get his River Blades back in it. And then on Sunday, he added another beauty. Both these goals will definitely in consideration for November's highlight episode. I think they graduated a lot of 20-year-olds, sent them on to the next level. Because when the Pueblo Bulls faced them earlier this season, I know that they seem to be a younger team. I know they had... Um, Players like Nick Yurtis, who used to play for them, and he went and he joined the Utah Outliers. So that, there's another player that they gave up. But I know that Blake Blevins is a returner for the Provo River Blades. And I know that's a player that just likes to get under the other team's skin. He definitely plays with an <laughs> edge for sure. And he could find the back of the net, though, too. He quarter, uh, Sometimes he'll quarterback the power play, and he's got an impressive wrist shot. So he has no trouble finding the back of the net for sure. And like I said, Provo, they're kind of struggling this year, a little bit of a younger team. They're struggling scoring-wise, but uh, like I said, Blake Blevins, a veteran player, he definitely steps up for them quite often and helps 
helps him find the back of the net and kind of get rallies going and just really gives his team some encouragement and uh, makes him want to find the back of the net, even though they've been struggling this year. So Provo, they're a team that you can't count out. They're definitely an impressive squad and just, yeah, Las Vegas Thunderbirds. I know that they're a very impressive team, as we know, and pretty sure the Bulls faced them last year. So nothing that Provo should be upset about. They should just take the lessons that they learned in this game and carry them over to the next game. Yeah, and, and like you said, they're a young squad. They only carried over, I believe, two players from last year's team, which is really rough when you're you're already a new team in the in the league and you're trying to build a team culture um, when you only keep two players. Because, uh, like I said, they graduated on a lot of players, and a player like Nick Curtis went off to Utah. But yeah, it's it's tough to rebuild like that every season so they've definitely uh had a role with the punches in the beginning of the year patrick colburn's been doing his best to try to keep the team in it but it seems like they're finally starting to click they're not being i guess beat up as they were in the beginning of the season the contests that they're losing now are pretty close they actually managed to beat ogden a few weeks ago and so it's a team on the up and up they just got like you said roll with the punches and uh just develop as a team and uh yeah you can't can't overlook provo Definitely not. And I mean, that's extremely impressive because Ogden, definite contender is a very tough team to defeat and just uh, they're very competitive teams. So that's impressive that Provo was able to pull out a win against them and definitely a positive that they should try and carry throughout the season with them. And just whatever they did in that game, they're going to have to replicate in some of their other games. Uh, Well, then, how about the outliers, though? We've been talking about a little bit about Ogden and Provo now. So what have the outliers been up to this weekend? Uh, Still ranked first in the Mountain Division, as far as I know? Uh, I believe they are, and I don't think that's going to change. So Utah actually hosted the newly formed Lake Tahoe Lakers uh, in what I actually believe to be the first time Lake Tahoe's visited uh, the Accord Ice Arena. I'm not sure if they did it in the preseason or something. I know that... I think Ogden faced Vegas in the preseason. So I'm not sure if this is Lake Tahoe's official first visit, but I think it's at least their first official four points visit to the Accord Ice Arena. And actually, Friday night's affair was very close with Utah etching out Lake Tahoe for the win by like a goal. But Saturday and Sunday's games firmly belong to Utah with some pretty dominating wins of 6-2 and 10-3. And uh, basically, Utah collected all six points available for this weekend. Oh, my goodness. That doesn't surprise me. Utah, they are just a dominant team right now. They are ranked in the Mountain Division, and that might not change. I really hope it does see my Pueblo Bulls up there. But as far as right now, Utah, they like, like I said, they are absolutely dominating that division right now, and obviously they dominated in Lake Tahoe. So that's extremely impressive. Utah, something about this team is they like to make exits and entries difficult for the other team to make. Uh, the Pueblo Bulls are a team that really like to get pucks deep and then go and forecheck. That's something that Utah makes difficult for them because they plug the neutral zone, it seems. And, yeah, they're just um, absolute – it's like trying to get through a brick wall in the neutral zone, to be honest. It's really just difficult. you got to just figure out a way to – once the Bulls are able to – from what I picked up in the series they played against them earlier this month – or last month, sorry – is – like I said, they like to plug the neutral zone. So once the Bulls figure out how to get pucks even, how to go and forecheck and get – through them in the neutral zone and make a clean entry into their offensive zone that's when we see the bulls put up their most points against uh utah is when they are able to have the puck in their offensive zone but that 
doesn't always happen quite often and Utah like I said they're just a really tough team to try and get through and they're they're very physical as well. They like to play a physical game and they could do so when they got big bodies like Nick Yurtis, as we were talking about earlier, and just uh, people who like to play with an edge like that and more physical play, definitely. And so it's really tough for younger teams like Provo and Pueblo. Yeah, they're they're a big and strong presence of a team. And yeah, they, they play right there in the neutral zone and they really choke it. And, and you really got to get through. And if you can't get through, you're you're not getting you're not getting to their goaltender. And that's kind of their their key game is they're going to make you find a way past them. But when you do that, you're going to expose what they want you to expose. And they're going to try to take advantage of that. So but yeah, they got a big team. They returned a lot of players from last year and uh, they're playing strong hockey yet again. So yeah, I know you want your Pebble Bowls to make it past them. I would love Ogden to make it past them. But right now, I think the, the division is looking at Utah right now. And, and if you're going to make it out of division and you're going to make it to the national championships, it's going to have to probably be through Utah at the moment. Absolutely, especially the way they've been playing right now. And going back to what you were talking about with their goaltending, their goaltending is extremely impressive as well. Um, I think he's a little bit, I could be wrong about this. You are the former goaltender, so you're probably the goalie expert here. But something that I noticed about uh, their goaltender is his glove side is a little weaker than his stick side, in my opinion. I'm not 100% certain about that, but it seemed whenever the Bulls would go glove side or um, they would often put the puck past him more often. The Pueblo Bulls, their third game against Utah this season, at home this season, excuse me, it went into a shootout and it was absolutely nothing that our Pueblo Bulls did wrong. It was Benny St. Ange, Austin Gibson. I believe we had one more person go out and take the shootout for us. But like I said, it was nothing that they did wrong. He was just able to steer the puck away and make some great saves against them. So once they get him figured out, though, I'm sure that they're going to be able to put pucks past him and uh, just I'm sure that the Pueblo Bulls have probably learned from that experience, uh, having to face a tough goaltender like Utah's. So definitely I'm excited to see when these two teams face each other again. Yeah, for sure. Now, were you guys facing in that game Marco Felicetti or Alderman? Alderman. Okay. For, for sure, because the player said his name quite often. But Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's really impressed. I mean, honestly, both of their goalies are super impressive. They've already both um, – I don't – think there's a goalie right now in the mountain division that he hasn't yet unless they've just been added to a team um i don't think there's a goalie in the mountain division that already hasn't made my highlights real list because i think the mountain division goaltending this season has just been pretty spectacular and both alderman and flachetti by far have made it on the list and alderman 100 percent will be talked about for the november episode because the kid made some unreal saves against Noko, and that'll have to be talked about. So, so we've been talking a lot about uh, Provo. We talked about the Run River Mallards, and as well as the Utah Outliers. So now let's talk about the Northern Colorado Eagles. We know that your Ogden Mustangs and my Pueblo Bulls have joined Noko in the showcase action this weekend. So, how is Noko doing so far in this contest? Uh, well, NOCO probably hoped for a better showcase. They opened up the showcase by falling to the Minnesota Moose 5-2, to two, but again, that's a pretty strong team. Then they lost a tight one to the Pittsburgh Vengeance, 5-4, to four, and then they took on the then-undefeated Metro Jets, so that's a really tough hill to climb, and they fell 5-2, to two. but... They wrapped up the showcase on a high note with a dominating performance by Charles Anthony Barbeau and a one nothing shutout of the Hudson Havoc. 
So not the weekend they would have wanted, only collecting two of eight possible points. But again, ended on a high note and another shutout for Barbo. Absolutely. No coat. They've been doing pretty well throughout the regular season so far. Uh, the show, you said a little bit of a different story. They did end on a high note and they faced some really tough competition. I know the Minnesota Moose, they made it to nationals last year. We actually, the Pueblo Bulls actually had a player. Uh, they acquired a player who used to play for them last year in Caden Daniels, but he doesn't play hockey anymore as far as I know. And then the Pittsburgh Vengeance, that's a team that the Pueblo Bulls, I don't think they have ever faced them before, but obviously they seem to be an elite team. No code. It looks like that they they hung with them quite a bit. Score was a one goal differential. So obviously they did a good job hanging with this team. But the Metro Jets, I know that they are always up there towards the top and they were ranked first in the nation for a while last year. And fortunately, my Pueblo Bulls were able to take them down when they were ranked first in the nation. But I know that Metro, they are a tough team to compete against and they just battle their hearts out every single game. And as we see reflected in the score five to two, they really didn't allow Northern Colorado Eagles to score a whole lot. And they were able to find the back of the net themselves quite often. So really just a dominating performance by the teams that the Northern Colorado Eagles face. And I know that Northern Colorado, like I said, they've been doing pretty well this season. They definitely did a pretty good job against the Pueblo Bulls earlier in the season. They, uh, I believe they took all three games that the Bulls played up at the Greeley Ice House against them. And one of those games went into a shootout as well. Uh, but like you said, they ended on a high note, a one to zero shutout against the Hudson Havoc. Hudson Havoc, I know that they're a very tough team as well. Pueblo Bulls face them up in Minnesota at that showcase this year. So I know that they are a tough team to, to be and especially to hold a shutout against. So it looks like this game, the story in this game must have been either the defense or just great goaltending throughout this entire game. So overall, it looks like they fared pretty well. Obviously, they I'm sure they'd like to have a winning record other than going one and three, but they did a pretty good job and goaltending looks like it was a story in this game. And so they, they definitely have some uh, good net minders for them. Yeah, they do. And I think right now uh, Barbo is posting a 0.91 uh, save percentage. She's had three shutouts this year. That would have been his third. And uh, yeah, 2.71 goals against average. So definitely historic goaltending. Uh, defense obviously has something to play with it. But I'm a goalie. I'm always going to give my love out to the goalies there. So congratulations to Barbo on yet another shutout this season. Absolutely. And that is something that is not easy to accomplish at all, especially with the amount of pressure that's being applied on goaltenders. It definitely does help, as we were talking about, when you have a strong defense in front of you to help out. But defense, if anything happens to them, then you definitely need a strong goaltender to rely on to just keep the puck out of the net. And goaltending, it's as most people say, it's one of the most difficult positions in not just hockey, but in sports in general. It's one of the most difficult positions that you can play because it's like the game pretty much rides on you. So definitely an impressive job by him uh, not giving in to the pressure and keeping the puck out of the net and remaining perfect for 60 minutes. Yeah, for sure. And that's one thing where sometimes your defense lets you down. You need your goalie there. Uh, reflecting back on the Provo Vegas series, I think it was a game on Sunday where Provo took advantage of those two horrific, I guess you would say, horrific giveaways by Las Vegas. I don't know if they're defenders or forwards. I wasn't paying that much attention to who the player was. But they were just absolutely brutal giveaways. And 
as a goalie, I both times I saw goalies body language just look at his defenders like, what was that? <laughs> like, seriously, like three, I don't know. You'd have to watch back through Sunday's game, but Provo made him pay both times for sure on these on these brutal giveaways. But, you know, a lot of times your defenders are also sliding in front of the puck and, and taking it on a way less protected body than you have as a goalie. So your defenders are going to make mistakes and uh, it's part of the game. Sometimes they leave you out to dry, but other times they save your life. So it really just depends on what kind of a game everybody's having. It's a team effort for sure. But now your Ogden Mustangs wrapped up play on Sunday, whereas my Pueblo Bulls, they still had a game scheduled today against Boston, which so far has been canceled, but due to some unsafe conditions, something to do with the ice conditions. So, uh, but regardless, I saw that Ogden had a great weekend. Chris, why don't you, uh, yeah, our resident Ogden Mustangs expert, why don't you uh, tell us how Ogden did this weekend? Ogden did great. I mean, I think they made a big statement this week and I was really, really impressed. Uh, You saw the schedule they were facing and you saw the Philadelphia Hockey Club in there. You saw Minnesota Blue Ox. You saw the champion Charlotte Rush. And and then you saw the host Islanders Hockey Club, all teams I'm familiar with. And I mean, I know Ogden's a good team, but I'm like, that's a tough schedule. And I really was impressed with how they how they played this uh, this this showcase. Um, Now, I will say they started off by facing off against the Philadelphia Hockey Club and won the closely contested match by a score of 5-4 to four on goals by Boldway, Mater, Foz, Falzer, and the game winner by Herrera. Philly came on strong late, but Ogden and Savage, Sir Duke, uh, held on for the win, and it was a really, really great game. But on a serious note, we do want to send our well wishes to Frankie Jurak, who had a pretty scary injury on Thursday night. So from all of us at the Pigeon Hockey Podcast, get well soon. These are moments when you realize that the game is indeed just a game and things like this are certainly things that you never hope happen. And so that's definitely not something that you wanted to happen. But like you said, get well soon. And Ogden, like you said, this is an extremely tough schedule. I know that the Minnesota Blue Ox, the Pueblo Bulls, they faced them last year. They saw them again in Minnesota at that showcase once again this year. So I know that they are an extremely tough team. And uh, like you said, Ogden, they had a tough schedule as well. And they were facing a lot of difficult teams, but they did a great job. Um, but yeah, after that, the the Mustangs faced off against uh, one of the best teams in the USPHL on Friday. They faced off against the Minnesota Blue Ox, and I will say those beautiful blue jerseys. I'm a big fan of those. Uh, they were these gorgeous sky blue jerseys that just said Minnesota Blue Ox on them. I thought they were pretty sick. But this was also the introduction of Ogden's newest tendian net, Marco Duranio. And Duranio, if I'm slaughtering your name, welcome to the Ogden Mustangs and the Pigeon Hockey Podcast. That's what I do well. Uh, he's a 20-year-old out of Detroit, Michigan, and he didn't disappoint in his opener with the Mustangs as he managed to come out with a 4-1 to victory. And the goal contributions came from Herrera, the game winner by Captain Jack, friend of the podcast, and then a pair of insurance goals by Jake, not from State Farm Muir. Really, really good game there. Um and then uh, they faced off against the USPHL premier champions, the Charlotte Rush, and it, it started ugly. Ogden couldn't keep themselves out of the penalty box, and Charlotte dominated nearly every aspect of play for two periods and uh, took a 3 nothing lead. But eventually Ogden woke up, and they scored four unanswered goals in the third for a statement victory, and the goal contributions came from Hawks, Shmakov, Mater, and Washko. I loved this response because with the way the game started – it just seemed like in the beginning Ogden was over its head. It didn't know 
what to do. Guys were taking some pretty dumb penalties. And the game started late because it was supposed to start, I think, at 11.10 Copenhagen time. And it started like at 11.45. And when they went down 3 nothing, I actually fell asleep. (laughs) And and when I woke up the next morning, I'm like, I'm just going to wake up and see how bad this got. I was very, very happy. My wife was laughing at me that morning. She's like, why are you so getting like they came back? She's my she just smiles and, you know, shakes her head at me because she really doesn't care. But uh, she she's happy that I'm happy. And uh, yeah, I was very impressed with the win. It got really late. So the showcase games, uh, I was really hoping to, to, to stay up for that one. I actually I think I tweeted I will stay up to 2 a.m. I will stay up to 2 a.m. I did not stay up to 2 a.m. I fell asleep. But Ogden wrapped up the whole showcase series by uh, facing the host, the Islanders Hockey Club. And this game was way closer than the score appeared as Ogden only held a one nothing lead almost halfway through the third, basically on a goal by Giorgio Silo and the strong goaltending of Antonio Tarantino. But then they scored three goals in about six minutes off the sticks of Mater, Herrera, and Alonzo, ultimately taking this one by a score of 4 nothing as the Isles got Tarantinoed. Yes, an excellent shutout by Tarantino. That is absolutely incredible. And like you were talking about, going back to what you were saying with Ogden, taking down the USPHL premier champions, the reigning USPHL premier champions, the Charlotte Rush, that is mind-blowing, 100%. I saw that stat on their Twitter page, and uh, I was looking at it, and I had to like do a double take. Wait a second, did the Ogden Mustangs just beat the reigning champions? And they sure did, like you mentioned. And something that, now that you brought it up, I didn't know this initially, was that they came from behind to defeat them. And that just, I think that's a huge testament. The fact that Ogden, they're really... They give a great team effort. Uh, You definitely have to rally the troops together and you definitely have to just, like I said, no individual player can really bring you back from a 3-0 deficit. So this really, this tells me that they didn't get down on themselves and in the locker room, their coach was able to bring them back up and they were just able to go out there. And like you said, they woke up a little bit and uh, definitely were able to put some goals past uh, an impressive team like the Charlotte Rush. I know that the Charlotte Rush is a team that, likes to draw penalties for themselves so definitely give themselves power play opportunities quite often so I think that really shows also that Ogden must have done a good job towards the end of this game of staying disciplined trying to stay out of the box as much as they can and then like you said they put up four unanswered goals against uh, the Charlotte Rush so just hats off to the Ogden Mustangs this was just an absolute surprise to me and uh, they really fared well in this showcase for sure and uh, took down some impressive teams Uh, They finished on a high note, like you said, and just overall, they fared really well throughout this entire contest. So hats off to the Ogden Mustangs. If they can keep it up, they're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Mountain Division. And uh, I'm excited to see when they take on teams like Utah and the Bulls again. So um, definitely that's going to be really interesting matchups for sure. Yeah, and I think coming out of a showcase like this, this is what builds character. This is what builds uh, a winning culture and I think the way they came out of this showcase and and like I said for me I felt like it was a statement showcase I'm expecting a lot of them this season I'm expecting them personally to advance on past Utah and and the rest of the mountain division and, and try to make it to that national championship because they made the statement they can beat any team out there they've beat Utah this year uh, Utah I think has the edge on them on the total in the season series at the moment. But again, it's a long season. Look at Provo last year getting destroyed for the first half of the season and 
unbeaten minus one game for the second half of the season. So it's a long season. You never know where a team's going to go. And uh, But if they can keep up momentum like this, I have really high hopes for them making to the, the national championships and being crowned the champions. And it would be great for a Pacific or Mountain team to really show the rest of the USPHL that we're here to play. Because I know the Pacific and Mountain divisions are new to the USPHL as of two years ago, uh, or this is their second season. And I, I think it would be a great statement for the league if a team coming out of the West were crown champions and I think it would bring a lot of attention out West that I don't think it gets currently. That said, we're still out West. Your Pueblo Bulls were also in action for the showcase. So tell our listeners how they fared. They have gone one and two so far, which, yeah, they're down one so far. But like we talked about earlier, their game against the Boston Junior Bruins got canceled today. I really hope that they have a makeup game for this. I just I don't want the Pueblo Bulls to just have a losing record coming back home for their next games. Their next games are going to be against the Northern Colorado Eagles. So I really don't. I don't want them coming back from the showcase one and two. I'd at least like to see them have a 500 record in the showcase. So hopefully there is some sort of a makeup game. I'm not 100% certain about how they'll go about this, but I know that the Bulls will keep us updated on their Twitter. But that being said, so the first game, the Pueblo Bulls, they made a statement coming into this showcase. They did an awesome job claiming the first game 7-3 to three over the Utica Junior Comets. And they did a great job against this team. Benny St. Ange scored two goals in this game. And I believe that takes him to about like 30... 39 points in 20 games. Uh, that's what HockeyTV.com has so far. I'm not sure if their stats are updated yet. That was where Benny stood as of Saturday when they played their first game. So... He did a great job. And then Felix Turcott in this game, he had two goals and one assist. And something that is really interesting about Felix in this game was his parents got to go out and watch him play live for the first time in two and a half years. So I think that really did something. Yeah, I think that really did something for Felix. I think that made him a little more excited and definitely more hyped to play. And he was like, all right, my family's out here now and they haven't gotten to see me play live. So I'm just going to absolutely put on a show for them tonight. And that's exactly what he did. He wore the fireman's hat. He was voted a player of the game. So he did a great job. And then defenseman, a defenseman that we are happy to welcome back from injury was Jack Stecco. He was battling some injuries a little bit, missed a few games. So his, um, His presence was really welcome back, however, though, because he was able to score a goal in this game. So he did a great job in his first game returning from injury. And then Braden Lacomi, as usual, he put up a goal himself. He's a terrific goal scorer. He's new to the team this year. He played a little bit in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League for for the Dauphin Kings for a little while. So really happy to welcome him back. And he did a great job in this game. And then another goal by Thomas Susie, who's a rookie this year. And he puts up a lot of points himself. So they did, they had an absolutely outstanding performance in this game against Utica. And I was like, this is a great start to the showcase for the Bulls. And then unfortunately, I was really excited for them I thought that that would be a good confidence booster for them and then they go into Sunday they had two games and their first one was against the defending national champions the Charlotte Rush and unfortunately they fell in this game five to one against the Rush Brendan Dicker he had the only goal for the Bulls in this contest and something that the Bulls I didn't get to watch the game unfortunately but something that the Bulls had put on their Twitter was that penalties hurt the Bulls in this game and that's going back to what I was saying earlier about The Charlotte Rush, they really like to draw penalties for their team, and they like to go on the power play a lot, and they score a lot of power play goals. They take advantage of when they have a man advantage, so that's something that Charlotte likes to do a lot, and so they did, obviously, they did a great job of doing that, and 
unfortunately, that's when we see the Pueblo Bulls get scored on most, is when they go on the penalty kill. They do have a very good penalty kill, but it's just, it's kind of expected. If you go on the penalty kill a lot, you're down a man, that you're eventually going to get scored on. And that really isn't helping your goaltender out very much. But like I said, the Pueblo Bulls, they did a pretty good job in this game. And we are a very young team and we're missing some key pieces in this lineup um, due to injuries. So I think they did a really good job against the Charlotte Rush. And as I mentioned, there are a lot of guys. We only have like five returners this year. So they did a good job, but they were able to put up a goal against the Charlotte Rush. So great job by them. And then going into their night game on Sunday, they played against the Northern Cyclones. This game, they fell once again, four to one. And Pavel Jarosmanko, according to the Bulls Twitter, he was the one who had the only goal for the Bulls throughout this contest. But Hockey TV has that Connor Williams had the only goal for the Bulls in this contest. But nonetheless, like I said, this is like the same story as the Charlotte Rush. This is an extremely tough team. Um, I'm really impressed that we were able to put some points up on the board and put a goal past their goaltender. They did a great job of doing that. And something that I noticed in this game, though, was we were given some power play opportunities and we were not able to capitalize on any of them. We had no power play goals in this game. And on the other hand, though, the Northern Cyclones had a shorthanded goal against us. So I really don't think our special teams were doing a great job in this game. That's something that we could probably improve heading into our next series against the Northern Colorado Eagles. So as I mentioned, the Bulls are one and two so far. Uh, we'll see what happens with if they're going to play a makeup game or not. But overall, I think the Pueblo Bulls, they've just they've done a pretty good job throughout the showcase. And uh, so I'm proud of them. And I think they have a lot of positives to take away. Yeah, I think so, too. And I will say, as, as attendee, I was a little bit heartbroken for Kyle Meyer, the Northern Cyclones, losing his shutout with less than a minute left. <laughs> I, I thought it was like NHL 22, which if you play yeah. any of the NHL games, if you're a goalie holding a shutout with the last minute of the game, good luck holding on to that because it doesn't matter. That puck's going to make it through. Even if it goes directly through your body, it, it's going in. But then uh, then I think it was Saucy that actually had a pretty sick goal. I think it was the final goal, that win that they had, the 7-3 win. He, he actually took the puck, if I recall. He took the puck. He It was right off the faceoff, and it was a little bit of a scramble. But then he got around one of the Utica players, and I think he was pulled down, and he scored it from his knees. So that one will probably also be in consideration for the highlight reel for, for November. But uh but yeah, when you mentioned Saucy and how he scores a lot, he really does. He hears his name all the time. When you're playing Pueblo or if you're watching one of the Pueblo games, you're going to hear Saucy. He is a great acquisition for this Bulls team. And he's a young player, as I mentioned, a rookie this year. But like I said, he's a great goal scorer, a goal he had against uh, the Provo Riverblades. It was a feed from the point from Jack Stecco. Just it was kind of like a backdoor pass. People to recover a little bit. And Thomas Susie, he just did a beautiful dangle move and was able to put it past. I believe it was Hegarty was the name for the Provo Riverblades. So uh, just it was an absolutely outstanding goal and just was a testament to what kind of a player Thomas Susie is, is he does score a lot of goals for the Bulls and uh, he uh, likes to use his speed. So just an impressive player overall. Yeah, he is. And uh, overall, the showcase was really exciting. I think all these teams had a great weekend. Uh, every team that attended, I think the Islanders hockey club did an amazing job of hosting and a uh, you know, shout out to the Islanders Hockey Club. Uh, I think it was really successful, and I think the teams had a good time. Oh, yeah, for sure. I 100% agree with you, and uh, definitely was uh, filled with a lot of talent. This was a very talented showcase. 
So uh, about you, and we're going to see some people uh, getting some college commitments pretty soon. So that'll be exciting as well. Yes, yes, it will be. Uh, well, and that said, uh, we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. We do appreciate you listeners, and we do like your feedback, and uh, we've been enjoying it so far. But be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Michelle. Great talk, Chris, and uh, bye, hockey fans, and go Bulls. All right, and remember, always clear your crease.